college athlete, this is for you. There's never been a time where it's been more necessary to have valuable encouragement, leaders, mentors, people in your life who are grounded in their faith, who have walked your journey, walked your path, had the same struggles, the same temptations, same challenges that you're facing today. And this episode is going to equip you, encourage you, empower you to rise up above the noise, to rise up above the distractions that you're seeing every day as a Christian on a college campus in a high-profile environment of being a collegiate athlete. You're faced with some unique challenges. So these episodes are definitely going to be something that builds you up, that somewhat insulate you from some of the attacks and some of the things that are around you that are trying to separate you from God or separate you from your faith. So I hope that this episode changes the way you see yourself, your situation, your surroundings, your environment. I hope it changes the way you walk out your faith, and I hope that you walk away different than when you walked in uh, from this episode. So be encouraged, be blessed, and understand that you're not alone in this, and these guests on these shows have walked the same path, and they're here to encourage you and let you know you can win. So stay grounded in your faith, stay faithful to being that Christian example, and watch how others follow you. Be blessed. Last in Line Nation. Hey, welcome to another episode of Project 222. I uh, can't wait to unpack this particular episode because we've got a, a real blessing here. Uh, we've got a great guest today um, coming straight out of Texas A&M University football. Now he lives uh, over in, I believe, the Atlanta area. And uh, we are going to talk about this guy. And before I do that, we, uh, we always qualify this project 222 and let you guys know what it's about right out of 2 Timothy 2.2, talking about investing in other people. So Paul's telling Timothy, take what I've taught you, teach it to faithful men so that they can teach others also. So this is a downstream blessing. We're pouring into each other. These former athletes, faith-based, talking about their Christian walk in college as high-profile high-level athletes, and we know the struggle. We know the, the challenges to that. So I want to introduce to you Jason Webster, who played his college football in the late 90s at Texas A&M University, um, was inducted into their Hall of Fame, was uh, the de defense. He was a defensive MVP, and, and back when they were in the Big 12, he was an all-Big 12 selection, um, an All-American by the All-American Football Foundation. So um, Jason got drafted in 2000 by the San Francisco 49ers into the NFL, played nine seasons with the, the Niners, the Falcons, the Bills, and the Patriots. So made his way around, um, made his way around the AFC East to be specific as well. So uh, that's fun. And, uh, but he was the chaplain for the Atlanta Falcons for 10 years. And thank goodness, man, that I came across this guy through a mutual acquaintance uh, through FCA, connected us. But, man, I can't wait to dig in. Jason, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, John. Uh, thank you for 
inviting me and I look forward to, you know, chopping it up with you. Yeah, man, it's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be good because yeah. I know you've got good encouragement for these guys and, and, and we're not even really concerned about which guys did this perfectly. Nobody's perfect. Nobody walked a perfect path in college, but as a, <laughs> as a high profile, you know, talented D1 recruit athlete, man, I, I can't imagine how hard it must have been um, in that space. But before we get into the meat of this conversation, I want to have a little fun mm -hmm. with the audience and I want to see if you can enlighten us in our lightning round. Okay. So I got three categories okay. for you that start with the letter N. All right. We're going to learn about you okay. today. Uh, okay. N, enlightening. So what's your, let's go nutrition first. What's your favorite food? I don't know how nutritious this is, but my favorite food is a cheeseburger, just a good old fashioned cheeseburger, a good, good bread, good bun that's lightly toasted and put butter on it. I'm good to go with that. How do you, how do you take your burger if we were going to prepare one for you? What do you like on that? Um, so I just, I'm really simple. I just a little, you got to have a good cheese, good cheddar cheese. Um, I like, you know, a little, little bit of mayonnaise, not too heavy on the mayonnaise, a little bit of ketchup would be good and relish. Um, mm. I am so good to go. And, All right. you know, that's it. Cool. What about least favorite yeah. food? What least you favorite food. stand on your plate? What do you not have any part of? I cannot stand okra. I cannot stand okra at all. You know, I get... Growing up, my grandmother used to cook it a lot, and I get real reared in a little bit by reeled in a little bit by the smell of it, fried. But I just couldn't stand that taste and that consistency. It can't was like, nah, can't nah, do it. No, nah. all right, nope. all right. Yeah. I'm a I'm a big pickled yeah. okra fan. I don't know why. I, my dad yeah. just grew, you know, I grew up on that. But uh, so here we go. Let's go to the second one. So nuisance. Got three mm -hmm. ends we're going to uncover here. Nuisance. So, okay. played a lot of years, right? You played a lot of years in college, played a lot of years in the NFL. Was there a particular mm -hmm. team in college or in a, you know, pro ball that just was a pain for you? Got under your skin. You couldn't stand it playing there. Yeah. Uh, can I give you a two-part? I give you, you a two-part answer? Absolutely. Right. First, it was uh, UT, University of Texas. Uh, every game that I played, it always came down to the end. Uh, well, except for my, my freshman year, they, they, they beat us pretty handily. But from sophomore year through my senior year, it always came down to like the last two, three minutes of the game. And um, the last game I played um, was the year uh, 99, the season of the bonfire at the end of the, at the, end of the oh. year. And that game came to the very end, came down to the wire. But uh, we actually, we ended up pulling it off. But University of Texas in, in college, definitely. That was, that was, they were the biggest nuisance um, for, for us as Aggie, just me personally. And then as it related to the NFL, it was definitely the St. Louis Rams. The St. Louis Rams with Kurt Warner at the quarterback. They have Marshall Falk as the running back. He could do multiple things. Could run the ball in between the tackles outside. He could catch the ball as a yeah. receiver. And then, speaking of the receiver, they had a top-notch receiving core with Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, Isaac King. Um, I mean, they had good tight ends, and they had Kurt Warner throwing yeah. on the ball quick. Yeah. So it was 
it was hard to contain them on offense. Uh, I mean, uh, defensively. So yeah. yeah, they they were the biggest nuisance. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, everybody wanted to draft them on their fantasy team in those years that they were there. Yeah. They just <laughs> they just light up the scoreboard. Um, no, I appreciate that. And, and you know, being from Oklahoma, yeah. I kind of get I get the uh, the reference to the Longhorns being a nuisance. I get that. Um, yeah. Don't want to yeah. offend the Longhorn Nation out there. But um, all right. So the last yeah. one is uh, never. I've never. Mm-hmm. But I would love to. What's your bucket list look like? What's your never that you want to do? Man, so um, first one, I, I've never, I've never took a train from one state to another, and that's something. I mean, it sounds simple, but that's something I would want to do uh, at some point. Yeah. But I have, I have since I married. I've never taken my wife, I guess, since we've had kids on an extended vacation. And that's something that I definitely want to do. And I got a 20th anniversary coming up uh, next month, July 24th. So maybe, maybe if things line up, I can, you know, we can do that. That's cool. Yeah, you should. Definitely. We we were going to take a 25th wedding anniversary. We had it all planned out. And uh, COVID mm-hmm. happened last year, but July 24th mm-hmm. was my mom and dad's wedding anniversary and my mom's birthday. So congrats to you. Uh, uh, that's, a, that's a big day. So, all right, yeah, audience. All right. We, you know, Jason's a part of our family now. We got to know about his okra fetish and his uh, longhorn <laughs> nuisance thing and the Rams, his perspective on that. And then his trip, we're looking forward to hearing how that goes uh, whenever he takes that 20th anniversary trip. But so we're going to talk about mm-hmm. leadership. We're going to talk about, our our journey your journey through college as a christian mm-hmm. i mean you were a chaplain yeah. for 10 years so i mean i'm sure you have some great stories and testimony about that but let's dial into your journey in college um mm-hmm. what mentors did you have there and what who were some of the leaders that you really tried to emulate and what made them good leaders talk about leadership on the people that you were able mm-hmm. to be around at AM. Yeah, right off the bat, you know, the first name that came to mind uh, when you asked the question was uh, my man, Bill Johnson. Bill was a senior when I was a freshman. And, uh, you know, I didn't red shirt. So I was in a locker room with a bunch of upperclassmen. And I felt, you know, to be honest with you, I just felt very lonely and I felt kind of out of place. I felt like I was trying to prove myself as a freshman, you know, coming into a you know D1 university with a lot of guys who have already done that. They'd already proven themselves. So I felt lonely and I also felt like, man, I I need somebody that, you know, can basically sew into me, help me to learn the ropes, you know, as as a as a college athlete first and and then you know as a Christian. And um and that's something I actually I, I prayed about it because I was I was concerned. I was concerned about the uh, challenges I would face. I didn't know um, what they would be, um, but I was concerned about that. And my goal, to be honest with you, John, my goal was to, um, as it related to football, make it to the NFL. And that was kind of my selfish goal, but I didn't want anything to get into the way of that. And being a Christian was back in, in that 
in those days, my freshman year in college, that was one of the ways that was going to help me to make it to the NFL. And I'll elaborate on that in a little bit. But so I needed someone and Bill came into the picture. My locker was sitting. It was placed right next to his. Right. And I saw he had like a little calendar devotional. And I was like, guys don't have devotionals unless they're, you know, Christian. So I was like, man, I wonder if he's, you know, I wonder if he's a Christian. Yep. That Bill was a Christian. And I found out that Bill was he's leading the player Bible study at that time. And there was a few guys that came to, I think, either his house or other players' homes. And they, they had study like once a week. And Bill, being my locker mate, invited me, you know, got to know me a little bit and he invited me. And, you know, you speaking of leadership, I think what I learned over the years was that one thing a leader does is he does not force anybody or judge anybody he always extends the invitation to be a part of something bigger than himself so bill began to invite me and i don't know if i came the first time but i ended up coming to this to the bible study that he was hosting and man i was like you know what this is a cool dude you know he so that relationship that bill kind of um he nurtured and he established because he actually extended the invitation out to me to come be a part of something that he was doing. It led me to understand that, all right, my life is not, it's bigger than just making it to the NFL. And this Christianity thing is bigger than me just using it to get where I want it to be. And that was the NFL player. So his, his approach was more like, hey, Jay, you know what? Hey man, I'm doing this. Come on, you know, and, and he invited me. Bill was one of the big mentors and he, he ended up leading Bible study. And, you know, long story short, me and my roommate, when he moved on, took over the mantle of leading that same Bible study that he invited me to my freshman year. You know, we started leading it, you know, my, my junior senior year. That's so good. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it sounds like, sounds like the traits that kind of stood out to me there as far as his leadership was, I mean, I love what you said about extending an invitation, you know, and never judging or forcing somebody. Um, but it sounds like he just reached a hand out to show that he was care. He cared about you. He cared about your spiritual mm-hmm. well-being, you know, as yeah. you as a person wanted to get to know you. And that's a small thing, it seems like, to most people, because in the world of leadership, we got all these fancy big time $10 million words that we use, right, to sound smarter or to mm-hmm. sound more influential. But it, boil it down and leadership is about caring about people and putting them ahead of yourself for a calling bigger than you like you said I love that so man uh what so okay today and the whole reason that we do this podcast is to talk to those kids that are there now that are facing these distractions and temptations what do you think Mm -hmm. um is the biggest and what's your opinion of being the biggest obstacle for kids nowadays um because they're they're in a little different climate than we were going in college, you know, with information mm-hmm. and technology. But what do you think is the yeah. biggest challenge to their faith right now that pulls them away? Mm-hmm. And John, that's a great question. And, um, you know, give us some time. I think back to when I was in college. It's different. I agree. It's very, it's, I wouldn't say very different, but it is different as it relates to the distractions and, you know, modern technology. Hey, you got a computer in your hand right in front of you. 
and you can search anything. You can just really lose a lot of time during the day where you can be more productive doing something else by just having this handheld computer in your hand. Um, but I think one of the biggest challenges, um, and I'll just speak personally uh, as, a, as a Christian athlete, you know, what for me was fear. And I would say that it was one of the biggest challenges because it kind of, I mean, it spreads in a lot of different areas. When I say fear, fear of missing out, man, if I don't do this, you know, if, if I don't, you know, be a part of this group, if I don't go to this place, you know, how are people going to look at me? You know, am I going to be, you know, a part of a part of the, a part of the crowd? Am I going to be accepted? You know, this fear of not being accepted. And also the fear of being being judged. You know, a lot of times as, you know, for me as a Christian, I didn't want to be judged as a Bible thumper. I didn't want to be judged as somebody who didn't or acted like they couldn't relate to the struggles that, right. you know, young guys were going through at that time. And, you know, I just think that fear is a really big challenge uh, today for you know, people in general, but especially, you know, in, in my, my experience, um, Christian college athletes at that time. And, you know, yeah. the scripture says per perfect love, perfect love casts out all fear. So, right. you know, when I, when I think about what perfect love is, perfect love is God and who he is and yeah. then who he says I am. Right. Right. So, right. If I know if I know who God is, the God Father, right? If he, if he's Father, then he has to have children, and I am his child, and I see that so much clearer now. Being a father, an imperfect father, yeah. and having children, how much I care about my kids, and how I do anything for them, but I'm imperfect. God, so much being a perfect father, and how much he cares about his kids. No, there's no fear. There's no fear of him judging us, you know, as it relates to, you know, his love for us. And yep. then who I am, man, yep. I'm, I'm a child, I'm loved, I'm forgiven. And I just shared it with my other teammates and I yeah. shared it with other people. You know, it's hard yeah. to give what you don't have. That's true. And, um, that's yeah. Point. So that's, yeah. that's a good point, man. And I mean, it, yeah. it is, it is what the point of it is. The purpose of getting, of receiving is to get, you know, um, mm -hmm. blessed is to, you know, give than more to give than receive. And, and so the fact that you talk about overflow is big. And I think in a world mm -hmm. now, especially, you know, I'm going to assume that a lot of high profile athletes who are always put on a pedestal that are always getting the attention, I would assume it's challenging for them to receive all that attention and then turn around and say, well, let's make this about somebody else. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. the trap is to just mm -hmm. stay inward focused, be in your own vacuum mm -hmm. and just receive yeah. and receive and receive. But I hear you saying that some of leadership, most of leadership, when it comes to this podcast and servant leadership, you know, it is about giving and about leading mm -hmm. others and loving others and then propping them up to be better a version of themselves. So ab about your faith mm -hmm. though, did you just always have a smooth ride as a, as a Christian? Mm -hmm. Like what was your defining moment that you had to like dig in and just say, okay, I'm all in. This is a moment mm -hmm. in time where I'm going to look back and remember, this is where I grabbed on the God and I didn't look back. 
So my mom was very, very uh, faithful, very devout. I mean, she woke up, woke us up sometimes on Saturday mornings praying loudly, you know, having music, you know, blasting. There was yeah. never a time where I saw her wavering in her faith. And um, even to the day that she passed away, you know, she was always solid and strong. So, um, so I took what I learned from my mom and my uncles and, you know, which was very good. It led me to the point of what you're talking about in college where, you know, I was like, okay, which side am I going to go on? Am I going to go on the side of, you know, me living this life, you know, following Christ or me living this life, you know, doing my own thing. And um, the defining moment was one of the time when my mom, my mother actually came down to college station, Texas A&M for a college FCA huddle. It was a fellowship of Christian athletes huddle and Bill invited me. Uh, Bill Johnson invited me and a few other players um, to this huddle and my message that the pastor preached that I heard her sing, you know, at least a dozen or so times, but it just hit me in a way that it, it hadn't hit me before. And I think it hit me in a way that I had, it hadn't hit me before because of the way that I was kind of wavering back and forth, at, you know, in my life as a yeah. Christian, you know, because yeah. And like I said, you know, I was dealing with fear, man. I don't want to miss out. This is college. You know, I want to do all the things that everybody else was doing, but go to church on Sunday, you know, and ask God for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And so my mom singing that song, um, it brought me to tears. Um, and it brought me to tears because it, um, it, it confirmed what I was already feeling inside. You know, I was feeling like, man, God was wanting me to uh, receive the love that he was trying to give me. But I was so focused on um, doing, doing my own thing that I couldn't, I couldn't see it. And when she sung that song, and basically the song was about how God was reaching his hand out to you, right? Mm-hmm. Was, that was the first time experiencing that type of emotion um yeah, yeah i think maybe at a point where i was like wow man if, yeah. if god is like that that's that's the god that i want to live my life for and i want other people to experience that type of love as well yeah so that was like the defining moment and that was in like i think it was 1998 and from then i went to a FCA camp called College Advance, and it was just really a um, a continuation of what I felt yeah. during that time when my mom came. Yeah, so, well, that, that's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, sometimes yeah. God moves us in those moments mm-hmm. we least expected, and then moves us to a point, you know, where we get emotional, and that's how you kind of yeah. sometimes you kind of just know that's Him reinforcing yeah. and confirming that you're making the choice to choose Him as the right choice. Um, Man, uh, yeah. in those moments of where you felt like you were 
kind of in and out of your faith, kind of back and forth, living two lives? Because I know that's a that's a common thought uh, with with students in general that are at college. What what advice if you were sitting down to, uh, across from yourself uh, as an incoming freshman? What advice would you give yourself going in? What do you wish somebody would have? maybe giving you a heads up on to look out for, or, or maybe some things they would have, could have said to you, what would you say to yourself if you could do that over again? That's a, that a great question. And I've, um, I've thought about it. And I think one of the things that uh, we do, I think as Christians in general, we beat ourselves up. We beat ourselves up for being human, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we beat ourselves up for making uh, making mistakes, judging yeah. ourselves. And uh, the, the advice, I believe, going back to your question, the advice that I would give myself was, would be to, when you get into moments where you're questioning your faith, go back to that moment or those moments where you believe you experience a birth or a God showing you something that you could not, you could not produce on your own. Yeah. And the, the best, the best way I can explain it is that bring that moment into the right now, into the present time where you're feeling that doubt. Like yeah. for me, I always go back to that time where I experienced that outpouring of emotion yeah. that I experienced when my mom was singing. Like whenever I'm, like, man, you know, I feel short. I can't believe I said that. I couldn't believe I thought that. I go back into time and what God is just reaching out his hand saying, yep, get up to me. I got you. I yeah. got you. I got you right here. And now I'll go and share what I've given you to someone else. And uh, the advice I would give, like, I, I don't even know if I answered the question, but it's basically, it's like I said before, until you receive the love that God is giving you, you really have nothing to give. So I just say, continue to live and expect and look for those moments where God is really extending his hand out to you. Yeah. And well, it sounds like to me, you mm -hmm. wanted, you said you were, you were too hard on ourselves and, and maybe you need to let yourself yeah. off the hook sometimes and we're not perfect. And when you mess up, that doesn't mean just walk away from your faith and walk away from God. Right. When you make a mistake, it doesn't right. mean it's over, you know, oh, I might as well just go be a total heathen if yeah. you know uh i make a mistake yeah. no he's there he's there he just wants you to come back and give it to him and then repent of it and mm -hmm. and you sh you know you're mm -hmm. you move forward but um I, our last and i want to be respectful of your time but our last question is good because i want you to fill in a fill in the blanks for me on this um uh, mm -hmm. i i know i made an impact in the lives of my teammates because mm -hmm. <clears throat> well Man, wow. So I know I made an impact in the life of my teammates because when I left Texas A&M, it wasn't until I leave, I didn't really realize the impact that uh, we made. And, and I said, and I, I bring my roommate, college roommate into this too. I didn't realize the impact he made until I left because when I left, that fellowship or that study that we had when I was there continued with guys that were in the study when we were there. And 
it was a place where we could be real, we can be open, we can be honest, and it was a safe place to share. And that continued while we were when when I moved on. So I know yeah. I made an impact um, in That's in awesome. that way. That's so good. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you planted yeah. plenty of seeds. And, and really, I mean, that's all we're called to do is be that example and plant mm -hmm. seeds and then God will yeah. harvest and water and, and that stuff, the fruit mm -hmm. will come out of that. And you're looking back now and thinking, wow, maybe that's continuing from something we did years ago. And so I like yeah. that because that just proves to this, to these, to this athlete of today that every little thing you do matters in the name of your faith, everything matters, right? So every seed you plant, every hand you extend or an invitation that you extend to your teammates of, Hey, come to this Bible study or, Hey, let's go eat. Let's talk about this. You know, let's be each other's accountability structure, whatever your whatever it is, small seeds become big things. Uh, so That's man, right. Right. Jason, I, I appreciate you today. I appreciate what you've blessed this group with. And, and, and I think it has been a true blessing to me and to them. And I want to just audience, I hope you can take something from this and apply it today and just understand that you're not perfect, but keep planting those seeds. And you know what, uh, until next time, he's been Jason Webster and we've been last in line. Be blessed. Oh